Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen. Following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system, Jeff, we were out at Reading this week. Another fun week for us in minor league baseball. Baseball town is one of my favorite places. Reading is a great place to see a game. It's an old-timey stadium. Uh, I love those old-timey stadiums, uh, but it's got a new feel to it at the same time. It does. And, you know, we, we were sitting out there before the game after we did some of our interviews, and we were marveling at the little things about the ballpark, the fact that the players walk through the crowd into their locker room. They walk through the crowd to the batting cages. If you're a fan and you like to be around the athletes, you get about as close as you can to the athletes out there in baseball town. Well, for some of us, there's an area right by the first base side where you can just sit on a little bar stool up against the field and, and have a drink or two. So That's if you're old or, enough to do that, that's totally Or okay. you can go out to the pool in right field and swim around if you feel like People it. were swimming in the rain. <laughs> well, you're already getting wet, right? Yeah. I, so what's wrong with that? I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, we, we had a good time out there, had some interviews, we'll bring you some this week and next week. Uh, we did talk to Mickey Moniak there. That was a, an interesting interview with him to get his perspective on somebody who started at this when he was 18 in the in the system and has really had to grow up in the spotlight along the way. Meh, we did get to talk to someone even better. We got to spoke to, to Dirt. You love uh, the grounds got, crew. So, so Dirt's the grounds crew, and more importantly, he's got his dog, which is Penny. And and Penny, I don't know how you can walk into a stadium and not see Penny standing at home plate going, hey, when do I get my baseball? And just not smile. I liked how Penny was walking around while they were prepping the field for the game and the players are riding the tractor. Yeah, Penny's riding the tractor. Yeah, but so. let's talk some baseball. It's a good gig out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll skip Reading for a second. We'll get back to that. Let's start in Lakewood this week. What's going on with the Blue Claws, Jeff? Well, you got to cringe a little bit. Uh, they got off to an early uh, struggle. They are 3-11 and in the Northern Division of the South Atlantic League. One game behind Kannapolis. Uh, there are a couple bright spots at the plate so far this year. Catcher Abraham Gutierrez is batting 417. Uh, Alec Bohm, who was the first-round pick of the Phillies last year, is up to 311 and uh, has his first Sally home run. Um, also, Ben Pelletier, who is a Canadian board player was finally assigned from spring training to Lakewood and hit a home run right after he got up. Any arms, people on the mound that are bright spots despite the record there? Yeah, well, the one guy that I'm take, taking a look at and keeping an eye on is Kevin Gowdy. Kevin Gowdy missed last year. He was a high draft pick the year before that, uh, but he had an arm injury and missed most of last season. Uh, so far, he has pitched seven innings. He has nine strikeouts, and he's got a 257 ERA, and I think that you're going to see him by midseason make his way to Clearwater, and I think he's going to have a good season as long as he stays healthy. Well, we'll be headed out there in a few weeks. We'll look to get some of these players, and we'll keep following them where they go. You talk about Kevin Gowdy maybe moving on to Clearwater, hopefully, later in the year. How are the Threshers doing? Tough start for them, too, a little bit. Uh, again, you got to cringe a little bit when you see their their uh, record. It's 4-9. They're tied for last in the Florida State League's Northern Division with the Tampa Tarpons, who are the Yankees' minor league affiliate. However, there are a lot of bright spots. At the plate, you have Matt Veerling, who we talked to a couple times last year, who was quickly moving through the system. He's batting 319. Uh, we also have Madison Stokes, who we spoke to in spring training, and we hope to uh, have his interview playing for the next couple weeks. Um, Madison is a first baseman, but they are also trying him at third base, and so far, so good. And it 
has an impact at his hitting. He's batting 318, three home runs. He's leading the team with 10 RBIs. I, I We enjoyed our conversation with him at spring training, yeah. and he's somebody who has a good perspective on his own game and himself and where he fits. Tell me about Nick Maton. So Nick Maton was at Lakewood last year. He's batting 267, but he's starting to mash. He has two home runs in his last couple games. He has 10 RBIs, and he's leading the team in that category. They've got some of your ace claws there uh, on that Clearwater staff. They do, and Kyle Young and uh, Spencer Howard leading the way. Kyle Young is, uh, has a two 2.70 ERA. He's pitched 10 innings and two starts, 13 Ks. But Spencer Howard is one and one, 3.14 ERA, 14.1 innings pitched, and 19 strikeouts. So, Connor Brogdon's pitched pretty well too. Yeah, he's uh, part of the Zach Warren Connor Brogdon combination in the bullpen, and he's pitched four games, 1.23 ERA, seven innings pitched, and 10 strikeouts. And there's also another guy who was went unknown last year, but uh, Hannigan has pitched in five games. He has not allowed a run. He's pitched seven innings and he has ten strikeouts. So the bullpen is certainly the bright spot and I think that they're going to turn it around. Well, we'll definitely watch their record. Let's uh, get to Reading. They returned home this past weekend for their opener after starting the season on the road. Game and a half back in the Eastern Division. They're six and five coming into tonight's game. Uh, obviously, we enjoy being the lead into them. Look forward to Greg and Kirsten calling the game. Uh, tell me about the bright spots at the plate and on the mound? There's a bunch of them, and despite the fact that they've started in cold weather, they're heating up at the bat. I mean, they got uh, Lartig, who's a catcher. He's batting 286, has a home run, five RBIs. Moniak already has a couple home runs, eight RBIs, and he's batting 250. Derek Hall hit a home run last night, and he's got six RBIs. And Cornelius Randolph, who everybody kind of wrote off, who is the third of the number one picks in the outfield, he's got three home runs and seven RBIs already. We talked to Moniak about that about being in an outfield with three number one picks. And um, it seems like these guys really get the opportunity to learn from each other and push each other a little bit. Well, not only that, we talked to Sean Williams a little bit about it, and he seems to be really excited to have that kind of outfield out there. And they have a fourth outfielder, Josh Steffen, who is not somebody you should sleep on either. Tell me what I should look for on the mound. Rosso. Rosso was one of those ace claws. He's pitched in two games. He has not, and these are two starts, he has not given up a run. He has 11 strikeouts. And the bullpen, you have Luke Lefwich, who pitched in the Arizona Fall League, um, did great there, and has continued it in four games. He has 12 strikeouts in relief. Kyle Doe has been dominant. 1.29 ERA, 13 strikeouts. These guys are throwing fire. Tell me about Lehigh Valley. They're, you know, they saw some changes this week in terms of their arms. We we saw Pavetta. not just their arms. Well, not just yeah. their arms. Um, we saw Pavetta sent down. Mm-hmm. We saw Ikoff come up and pitch solid four innings and jump in. For the and Phils. It, he's now jumped into the uh, starting rotation for the Phillies. And then the best story that there is is Goslin, the local boy, who finally gets to put on the jersey and uniform for the team that he rooted for growing up I saw him say something there's pictures of him at the vet when he was a young kid and he told a story to uh, John Clark at NBC about how his mom says that the fanatic rubbed her belly when he was pregnant <laughs> so, I mean he really is a, a Philly and it, it just, worked huh? it's, it's kind of cool he's played in five different major league organizations yeah. he signed a minor league contract this this spring to try and make it with the Phil started in Lehigh Valley and, and got his call up so it's good for him and it's one of the beauties of watching these guys in the minor leagues he was he's batting 419 
Um, I don't think that he's going to stay up with the Phillies once Segura gets healthy. Um, but him getting the opportunity to play for his hometown team is kind of a special moment. I know that yesterday he had a ton of family at the game. No doubt. Yeah. Tell me on Hernandez before we get to the interview with Monia. He just keeps getting bigger and stronger and better. Um, ever since he's moved to the outfield last year, he's confident. He's focused on his hitting. Uh, he's batting 333. He's leading the team in home runs with four, and he's leading with 12 RBIs. Is there a place for him? At the major good, league team. Well, is there a place with him with the Phillies? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, you, you just got to keep mashing and find your place. And I think, uh, and I, I'm hoping he gets his chance in the major leagues next year somewhere. Why don't we leave the status of the teams there? Uh, let's play the Moniac interview, and then when we come back, we'll talk about it and close the show. All right, Jeff. We are here in Reading before the game with Fightin's outfielder Mickey Moniak. Mickey, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Nice to get back home off the first road trip that you guys just had. How's everything going this season? It's good. I mean, yeah, good first road trip. Uh, you know, won some games. Uh, came out of it, I think, four and two. And um, you know, it was, it was a little cold, but you know, it's good to be back in Reading where it's you know at least 70 degrees and um, you know get to play in front of the home crowd and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's good to be back. It's you know it's good to be here. Weather may have been cold but you, you kind of started hot you had a, a good start to the season it seems like it's a carryover from the off season for you can you talk about what last season did to help you prepare for coming back this year yeah I mean I think that um, not just last season but I think Lakewood too um, you know I started off you know I always say I started off in Lakewood hot and then it went downhill pretty quick and uh, last year maybe when I started off slow and I you know in the back of my head there's never any panic it was always you know uh, just as fast as things can uh, go down they can go up just as fast so um, you know I just kind of uh, took a step back and really just you know relaxed and um, you know got back to playing baseball having fun and um, it worked out and you know had a good second half and um, you know kind of you know boosted that confidence and knowing that hey um, you know you're here for a reason uh, you got picked where you did and, and you know you still have the talent and uh, you're just going in the off season, just trying to you know take that into this season and um, you know went to you know big league camp got that uh, confidence boost and, and you know enjoyed that and learned a lot of things and I'm just trying to carry it over into into the regular season. So last year when you were at Lakewood, uh, we heard that a couple of your buddies from California came out. What was that experience like, and and what led them to come out that weekend? Well, so uh, they came out in Lakewood, and then it's just a yearly trip they make. So they'll be out here in Reading uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure when, but um, it's just you know we uh, yearly trip. You know we've been playing together ever since we were young. You know other friends just been watching ever since you know, we were in little league stuff like that. So. Uh, um, you know, just come out, have fun. And I think for me last year, them coming out just kind of brought it back to, you know, kind of put things in perspective. It's like, hey, um, you know, you can relax. You got a lot of people behind you supporting you. Um, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself, stuff like that, and just have fun again. And, I mean, that's what I did in high school. Um, you know, we'd always, you know, high school games, stuff like that. They'd always be, you know, in the in the stands or uh, in the dugout with me. And uh, it was always fun. You know, it was never, uh, never too serious. Always, you know, just enjoying ourselves and, you know, it all worked out there, so I kind of just took the step back, and having them there kind of, you know, put things in perspective. I heard you take yourself kind of seriously. It'll be kind of hard on yourself. Did your buddies come and kind of knock you down a peg? Oh, yeah. They've always been, I mean, they've never let me get too high, too low. They're always, you know, they're great friends. Uh, You know, probably won't won't hear this. Maybe they will, but, you know, (laughs) hopefully they don't, but um, no, we, uh, I mean, we just like to have fun, and, you know, they mess with me. We 
mess with them. It's, you know, back and forth. And, um, yeah, just like, I mean, don't let you get too high. Don't let you get too low. And, um, you know, when they're being hard on yourself, it's kind of like a, come on, man. Take it to a pro. You know, let it be and just play baseball. And, you know, it worked out. So what would you do in the offseason? Uh, it was a lot of relaxing. Stayed home most of the time. Um, went on a couple vacations just to, you know, take a take a breather and just, you know, worked out at Exos, which uh, I've been doing. This, this is my second offseason doing that. And, um, you know, just my same routine, just, you know, visiting friends in college, um, you know, kind of getting that that uh, aspect of, you know, being a kid and being 20 years old, but also getting after it, getting in the in the weight room and, um, you know, just trying to get as strong as possible, ready to come into spring training and, and you know, perform and, carry, like I said, carry over uh, what happened the second half last year. In seeing you down in spring training, it, it was visible how much stronger you look. You're, you're broader in your shoulders. Is, is that something that you specifically worked on or is it just something that as you're getting older your body's starting to fill out I think it's a little bit of both yeah you know I really I really um, you know went into the offseason and, and um, you know I looked to get after it day in and day out because you know after going through Lakewood that first offseason I worked out by myself you know really didn't know what I was getting into with the full season and you know after going through that that first full season of Lakewood and you know just knowing what what that entails and you know what you need to be um, you know, what you need to do to get ready for that. I think that, you know, for me, it was, it, I really put an emphasis on making sure I was in the best shape possible coming into spring training and um, going to the best facilities possible, best, uh, you know, people um, guiding me, training me. So I think um, that had a lot to do with it, but also, you know, growing, um, mature and being 20 years old, you know, I, I think I'm still growing. I'm still getting growing pains to this day. So who knows? Maybe, maybe put on another inch or two. But yeah, I think it just, it all comes down. It's a little bit of both for sure. What was it like to get that spring training? invite to the the program there I saw that they had Reese Hoskins talk to you they had Brian Dawkins I uh, got a little time with Bryce Harper while you were down there mm-hmm. what was that like and any good advice you got from them anything special great advice I mean obviously Brian Dawkins a Philly legend is um, you know he's he's an intense guy and you know he's a winner and you know he goes out there he was always my guy yeah he, I mean, he, he was, was the only player I ever put on absolutely. the back of a jersey oh I bet I mean for good reason and, and he just kind of <laughs> talked about you know the city of Philly Philadelphia um, you know how they can, some of the fans the fans can be the best fans in the world you know they can but they're gonna hold you accountable and, and but when you're playing good there's nothing better than being Philadelphia and that really you know sat and you know hit home for me is you know this is where I want to play and this is where um, you know I want to you know make a career and, and win and um, you know it's exciting having all those guys up in the big leagues right now Bryce Reese um, Kutch all these guys that you know I got to meet in spring training and um, I think the best piece of advice I think I got was was when I was talking to Bryce and he just he was just saying hey you know uh, you're here for a reason you're gonna have the ups and downs but you gotta love you gotta embrace the ups and downs and um, you know just just be yourself be comfortable and that was the one thing you wanted to hammer home is you know when these young guys like us me you know whoever it may be get up to the big leagues they want them to be as comfortable as possible and um, you know just be you know in the best state of mind to help the team win and and you know that was you know big for me it really made me feel um, you know at home and and you know excited to you know, get called up one day so you're somebody who's on social media. Has it been hard to be on social media knowing that knowing what you know about going through the ups and downs that that the average fan doesn't know? I mean, 
you know, it's it's all part of it. It's, um, you know, I definitely was something I, I looked at a lot more earlier in my career when I was, you know, a little younger. But, you know, you learn to, you know, take it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of positive stuff out there. There's some negative stuff out there. And, um, you know, you just got to, you got to, you got to know that, you know, you got to control what you can control. I mean, the fans, you know, it's social media nowadays, everybody has an opinion and, and they're entitled to it. And um, you just, you just got to know that, hey, you know, just show up to the field, get your work in. And, um, you know, one person's opinion is not going to define you. So um, I think for me, it was just, that was a big part of, um, you know, my, my success last year was kind of taking that step back as, you know, as well for the baseball side, as well as the social media and all the outside noise side and just kind of, you know, refocusing and, and looking to, to, you know, go out and play baseball and, you know, try to be the best version of myself day in and day out. You know, that's all, all I can do. I enjoyed when you were asking about sort of that roller coaster and the rankings. You were asked about rankings year over year, and uh, your comment was, it's cool for the fans to look at, but as a player, you don't look at it too much. The people making those lists aren't making the decisions on whether I'm going to go to the big leagues or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's absolutely the perfect attitude to have, but, you know, we get it sometimes, too. We're on the radio, and people will say you're not hard enough on somebody. You're, you're being too hard on them. Right. How do you find that balance as a player? It's, this is We talk with players all the time about how this game's mental as much as it is physical. How hard has that been for you to adjust to that part of the game? I mean, it's been huge. Like you said, it is as much mental as it is physical. I mean, you know, day in and day out, playing 140 games a year, you're not going to feel the greatest every day. And um, you just got to learn to, you know, ride with that. And, I mean, I think the... We, we always manage to do interviews when perfect, the lawnmower is riding by, timing. by the way. Don't worry. We're good at that. Perfect timing. We don't even cut it out of the interview. We just leave it so they know we're actually at a baseball field. Right, exactly. No, we're here. We're, we're, in, we're in baseball town. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I, I had to get used to because, I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have, you're not going to hit 450 anymore like in high school. And I mean, you want to, obviously, but, um, you know, maybe you got to, you just got to learn to deal with that, uh, the ups and downs and, and the struggles. And, I mean, like Bryce said to me, you just got to, you got to learn to embrace them. And maybe when you're, you know, 0 for, 0 for 20 maybe, and you just got to, hey, hey, this next at bat, this is, this is where I go 20 for 20 or something like that. And, um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I've learned to do. And, I mean, like you said, the, the whole comment about, you know, the rankings and all that stuff, people aren't going to make those decisions. I think the the people in this organization have, you know, really instilled a lot of confidence in me because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people don't see and with, you know, when it comes to, you know, maybe a line out three times in a game and go 0 for 3. And uh, it's the same thing where you go, you know, 3 for 3 with two blue pits or something like that or three blue pits. And, I mean, they, they know. It's, it's a lot of... Uh, you know, it's a lot of little stuff that people, I guess, don't get to see. But, um, yeah, just taking it day by day. You've worked a lot with the new minor league hitting coordinator, Jason Ochart. And uh, I, I saw the the phrase intent to do damage. Mm-hmm. Explain what that means to our listeners. So it's uh, it's looking to get your pitch and looking it, to put it in play as hard as you possibly can. And that doesn't necessarily mean try to hit a home run every pitch. It's, it's you know, going into the box and, you know, having a plan and, knowing what you want to do, knowing what the pitcher's going to do, and, you know, working with your plan to beat him. And, I mean, it's, it's going out there and looking to, you know, put the ball in the gap, put the ball in play hard, and, you know, do some damage. And um, I think that even before Ochart got here, I think that was my whole approach um, back last season in the second half. Not so much those wordings, but I used to go out and say, all right, let's do something cool today, which you know, I kind of like, like to think <laughs> is the same thing. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Ocharts brought a lot to the table. He's brought a lot of knowledge. He's a really smart guy when it comes to hitting. And I think the best part, you know, about him being here is that, you know, he, there's all these numbers. And, um, you know, if the information's there, why not use it? But he's never shoved it down our throats. So he's always been like, hey, this is what I, this is what the numbers say. You know, do with it as you please. You know, um, there's a lot of, you know, it's the old school versus new school approach. And I like to think I'm kind of in the middle. How do you balance that? There's a lot of analytics out there. How, how right. do you not get overwhelmed by information where you know enough, but at the same time, you're not taking yourself out of your own game? It goes back to, I mean, knowing that, you know, you got you still got to go up there and you got to hit the ball. You know, whether this launch angle or your launch angle is doing this, you know, you could put a horrible swing on a ball and maybe the launch angle is good or the numbers look good or you can put a terrible swing on the ball and you hammer a ball. So it's just, it's it's a lot of stuff. It's For me, I look at it more so as like approach and having all these, you know, spray charts and, and charts, heat maps on the pitchers and stuff like that. Um, so I think that, that helps me um, a huge amount. And then obviously the numbers with the swing, it's, it's mm-hmm. more so I like to feel um, something and I don't really like to try to feel something based off numbers I like to try to feel something off you know what I feel in my swing and what my hands are doing or my legs are doing and then you know you put the blast motion sensor on the bat or, or you look at the the rap soto numbers or whatever it may be and it's just something that kind of validates what you're feeling so I, I kind of try to look at it like that all right now we're going to go back in time did uh, mom or dad ever coach you Dad coached me a little bit. He yeah. was, but he was more of a guy who, um, I mean, he's got a baseball background. Obviously, uh-huh. taught me the game growing up. Grandpa, dad were always there, but he was always your grandpa. Actually, played for the Red Sox organization, Red right? Sox, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I had a lot of a lot of guidance growing up. But mm-hmm. my dad was never the dad to where, hey, you need to do this. I was the one dragging him to to the field and, and trying to go, you know, hit BP and go to all these tournaments and all this stuff. And you know, he's always he was always supporting me. He was always there to you know drive me two hours to. LA and mm-hmm. you know, go play in these tournaments every weekend and um, but he was never the dad that, that ever forced me he said hey you're gonna do what you want to do and you know hey if you don't want to do it anymore that's fine but I'm gonna be here to support you the whole the whole you know the whole ride and uh, it's still the same way today I still talk to him you know whether it's uh, you know, have bad game a good game it's it's not so much hey it's more about life and just talking and you know what's going on at home how, how's my dog doing how my brothers and sisters doing stuff like that so I think that's been a huge key key for me and my success is having a dad like that. What kind of dog? Black Lab. Yeah, what's his name? Jeter. Okay. Jeter. Gee, I wonder where you got the name. Yeah, no, I got it, yeah. He's one of my all-time favorites, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, just so the fans out there know, I, I, I got him in high school before I got drafted. So. Yeah. so, now let's move forward to 2016. You sign a contract with Bowman. Mm-hmm. What was the moment like for a kid who grew up playing baseball and watching other baseball players to sign a contract not with a team but with a baseball card company it's crazy i mean you don't you don't really understand the whole you know business side of the game until you're actually in it when you're you know 16 17 18 year old kid and then you're 18 years old and you have a baseball card company and you know you're signing all these baseball cards and you got your own baseball card and i mean it's exciting you know obviously growing up the the dream was to always have your own baseball card and uh, i finally got one and yeah, knowing that, that that was a part of the game was weird, but I mean it was also it was also really cool. How many did you give out? 
I actually don't get any of them. <laughs> I don't believe it or not. They don't give me any baseball cards. Um, oh, Bowman, come on, I know, step up. It's 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 part of the game. I know, but I had to sign a bunch of them. I think uh -huh. I signed like God, we'd have sit downs and they'd have a rep. You know, multiple occasions come out and you know, sign all these cards and man, I'm up to like it's seven thousand, ten thousand, some some crazy number like that. But yeah. Can't even get one for yourself. Can't even get one way. for myself. All right. No, it's all right. I've had, I've had, you know, gracious fans hand me some cards and be like, hey, do you have one of these? And you just say, no. What's, like, here, take it. What's that been like for you with the fans? Obviously, you know, you had fame at a, a younger age than most people have, but mm -hmm. now here you are. You're working your way through. You've gotten all this attention. The fans obviously recognize you when you're out here. What's that been like for you? I mean, it's been awesome. You know, it's a blessing. Obviously, you know, if, if you got fans, you're usually doing something right. And, um, you know, it's just, all that support that you know they've shown me and and you know stuff like that you know people you know one your autograph is something crazy that you never you know you always dream about but um you know it's it's, it's something that you kind of got to take a step back and you know maybe after the game you got a bunch of people wanting your autograph and, and you went over for four k's and you're like oh, i don't want to sign autographs right now but then you gotta gotta take a step back you're like well i mean people want your autograph so you know that's pretty cool um yeah, and you just gotta, you know, you gotta do what you can, and you know, I try to, I try to sign as many autographs as possible. You know, meet, meet, meet as many fans as possible. So, it's been fun. I mean, I've enjoyed it. All right, last one for me. What's the longest bus ride you've had so far as a minor leaguer? <laughs> Lakewood, definitely in Lakewood. We, uh, we went 14 hours to row. Luckily, we had a sleeper bus though, which was huge. But yeah. boy, everybody from Lakewood talks about that trip. That 14. It's the worst it's, one. It's, it's, it's terrible, especially uh, in the middle of July when it's, you know, 95 degrees. And, well, there's air conditioning in bus now. There is. All right. There was there was there was a couple of times where it went out though. I will say. But so on the long bus rides that are, you know, the staple of minor league baseball. What do you do on those bus rides besides sleep? So, I mean, I, I looked, especially in Lakewood, because we had a sleeper bus, and it's like mm -hmm. a whole different looking bus. There's like open rooms, it's roads, almost like a party bus, like a limo bus, mm -hmm. so to speak. So in the back, it's a lot of bonding moments. You know, you get to, you get, you're on, you're in an enclosed space for 14 hours at a time. Cards? Cards. Video games? A little mafia. Not so much in Lakewood. Nowadays, there's all these new, you know, the Nintendo Switch and, mm -hmm. you know, these like briefcases with the TVs in them where you hook up your Xbox and all that stuff. But, um. I mean, in Lakewood, it was, a lot of it was Mafia, which is like a little, you know, game. It's it's, it's hard to explain because mm -hmm. it took me at least, you know, a few bus trips to really You'll have to show it. us later this season. Yeah, that, right. that it takes a few more people. And it takes at least like nine people, but it was just a lot of bonding. And I mean, um, you know, a lot of sleeping, just taking a bus from at 10 o'clock at night, you know, playing games or whatever, and then going to bed at... 1.30 in the morning and waking up at 7 on the bus and getting to the next next city. Does Coach Williams play any of these games with you? Uh, he does in the, in the clubhouse. Yeah. Not so much on the bus nowadays because, I mean, we don't we barely play these games on the bus because it's just so much harder with the rows. But um, in the clubhouse, I mean, coaches, players, we get into it. You know, we start throwing bets down and, and kind of, you know, getting on each other. It's fun. All right. Well, thanks, Mickey, for joining us. We really look forward to following you this season. Absolutely. Thank Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Jeff, I really enjoyed our conversation with him. You, We got to ask him a variety of questions, from the pressure that he feels to how he prepares to his family. What was the thing that stood out for you? 
how poised he is. I think that he's got it all together, and I think that this is one of those times where I think we're going to turn out to be right. Uh, this is, I know it's rare, but Mickey seems to have matured both physically and mentally. That was the I first think, thing you said when you saw him at spring training, that he looked physically bigger. Yeah, and, and people forget he was a teenager, and you're still growing, and he has. He's gotten taller. He's gotten broader. He's gotten stronger, and I he think that's going to continue. May, he thinks he may grow another inch or two. Yeah, and he said he start, he's still feeling the physical growing pains in his body. It's to, to see him, he seems much better prepared to prepare. Yes. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what he does with Jason Ochart with the, the hitting coordinator in the system. Well, I think, that, I think that whole team and the organization has taken a philosophy with, with hitting, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch them all develop. Well, yeah. that's going to be where we leave it this week. Jeff, any final words? Looking forward to our next trip out to a minor league park. Can't wait for it. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll be your lead-in every Thursday night to the Reading Fightins here on 610 ESPN. So we'll be back then. Enjoy the ball games.